Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're seeing uh, the federal government over the last number of years uh, moving forward with a number of solely environmental-focused acts uh, that are having uh, an impact on our ability to continue to produce uh, what, in our cases, some of the most sustainable products that are that are produced relative to uh, their competitors that are anywhere in the world. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe on the air with us a week ago talking about the Saskatchewan First Act, which uh, his government has tabled in the legislature, and he hinted toward that, on uh, this program on the Roy Green Show about a year ago. We're joined now by the Premier of the neighboring province, one province to the west, Alberta. Premier Daniel Smith joins us. Premier, how are you? Well, hello, Roy. Nice to see you. Uh, yeah, listen, it must sound feel a little bit like the old days, right? You're on uh, Ask the Premier yesterday, and here you are with me, You're back doing daily radio. As you know, I've always loved talk radio as I, a medium, because you can have full conversations, and you, you can. can get great feedback, so I'm glad to be on again. So I wasn't going to talk about this, but it's been raised so many times. You received the support of 54.5% of the Brooks Medicine Hat voters who did vote. And that's been challenged as a not great voter endorsement. So I found it interesting, and I checked on the percentage of support the current prime minister received in his Montreal riding of Papineau. In last year's federal election, Mr. Trudeau received 50.3% of the vote, which was down from his support in the 2019 federal election and uh, was down from 2015. And he called the elections in 2019 and 21. So it's really about winning or losing, or what significance do you place to that 54.5%? Well, I doubled the NDP level of support, and that was my next closest competitor. And so when you're looking at percentages, you have to wonder, you have to ask if there was any real danger of losing. And I would say in this case, it was not the case. The other thing that was there was another party leader in this contest. The Alberta party also ran their leader, and he is from the area, and he's been campaigning for some time. So I was I was pretty pleased at the at the outcome. By-elections can can sometimes go sideways on a leader. We've seen in the past, for instance, that um, that's part of the way the Wild Rose got a breakthrough in the first place in an urban riding was that uh, they wanted to send a message to government. So I think the message that I heard was that people still have very strong support for our party, but that we have some proving to do, that we, we've got to make sure to address the things that caused us trouble in the last two and a half years. Yeah, six months you have. Before the election, so there are specifics I want to talk to you about. We'll approach this from a slightly different perspective from uh, Ask the Premier yesterday. We'll have a more broad perspective across the country. People are interested in what uh, you're planning and your mandate letters to your ministers focus on the affordability crisis and on inflation, twin issues which affect people across Alberta and right across Canada, and we hear it constantly. Now, you have a treasury with cash in hand, but ultimately, how much maneuverability do you have in this regard as a province and a provincial government going beyond next May's provincial election date? In other words, how much, how much can you really do about affordability and, and inflation? A lot, because I think where people really feel the the pressure during the winter months is on electricity bills, home heating bills. So we will have a strategy around that. 
we're also still seeing the pinch from gasoline and, and diesel fuel prices. You saw as well, I just listened in the news that uh, Premier Doug Ford has talked about a reprieve on fuel taxes for yet another year. I mean, I'm, we've been asking the federal government to suspend the carbon tax and certainly not to follow through with a 300% increase in the carbon tax. That's fallen on deaf ears. So we will have to do something quite similar. I see in uh, Saskatchewan, that they have announced uh, giving uh, one-time payments to anyone over the age of 18. And that's been done in our province before. I prefer personally a bit more of a targeted approach to make sure that we're addressing seniors who are, every time I knock on a door of a senior, and I've done, I've done a lot of door knocking, as you can imagine, in the last month as I was trying to win my by-election. When you meet seniors, they, they'll tell you about the cost of pharmaceuticals and the cost of groceries, which is very they're very sensitive to. Or you knock on the door of parents with teenage kids, same thing. Gasoline and diesel prices as, they're, uh, as their kids are driving, the cost of groceries, the uh, concern that they have about go home home heating and and power bills. So we can do quite a bit on that. We also I've also given direction to my affordability and utilities minister that we we have to re-index the uh, the various benefits programs that had been suspended on their indexing. So um, we have a an income support program for the severely handicapped for our seniors as well. So those are going to be re-indexed along with re-indexing the the personal income tax system because mm-hmm. as people get driven up in in the amount that they earn as a result of inflation. We, we just don't want them penalized by having to pay okay. more taxes. So we're re-indexing there too. We can do an awful lot and we're going to in the fall session. Did you say affordability and uh, what was it? Affordability and utilities. Because Boy, talk about a utility. term for the times. Yeah, well, you know, it's the it, it, when I look at the there's a whole broad range of issues that we've got there around electricity, heating, broadband, internet access. I, I wanted to have a minister who could look across uh, and and identify the pressure points wherever okay. they happen to be, and so I wanted to give him that flexibility. Should have had a mid- middle class minister anyway. That's another story. <laughs> Is and it's true, and you're quite right on that because that was the feedback that I got at the doors was that Fine. there are, yeah. are often uh, targeted support programs for those who are really low income. So I think yeah. they do a pretty good job. That's of, important. Of care. Yes, but then it's that middle income group, the ones with the, maybe it's a double income family, but if you've got four teenagers at home and a big mortgage and you're paying off student loan bills, that, that's a real pinch yes, when you is. get into this. this well, we, we want to make sure we, we support them. We too. know from polling that about 50% of the Canadian population is within $200 and not being able to pay their bills at the end of the month. But let me ask you this. Is inflation and affordability going to potentially be the first clash with the Trudeau government, with your government engaging the Sovereignty Act, I'll ask you more about that in a minute, to push back against the imposition of an increase in the carbon tax and increasing fuel taxes levied by the prime minister and his finance minister? Could this be the first pushback? We're going to do whatever we can to counteract it because we do also levy our own fuel taxes. And so if we offer a reprieve, it can counteract what the federal government does. We're, we're going to keep pushing against them on these issues. And I've asked my my uh, justice minister to have a look at whether or not we can relitigate the Supreme Court decision that came down on the issue of the carbon tax. Because I remember we, we, we were only arguing one very narrow uh, aspect of law and we didn't consider issues of energy security and, and energy affordability. And so if we have new arguments and new information on the table, you can always take that back to the courts. So I'm, I'm still in the process of getting an assessment on that. But at the moment, we need to act urgently. And acting urgently means that because we have the, we do have the benefit of, of having surpluses so, as a result of the strong oil prices, we're, we're going to give some of that back to Albertans. Premier, am I hearing you say that this could be the first pushback using the Sovereignty Act, and that's not altogether yet. We understand that's going to be in about a month. 
But uh, could this be the first use of the Sovereignty Act to push back against the federal government on carbon tax? I have said that I will respect Supreme Court decisions. And so the Supreme Court has rendered a decision on this. Now we just have to be looking at ways in which we can counteract what uh, the, the harm that the, the carbon tax is causing. And there's no question it's causing harm. It's at, levied at too high a level. It's levied unfairly in provinces where we rely so heavily on natural gas for our home heating and natural gas for our electricity. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it's also not levied the same way across the, the country. I, I'm speaking with uh, Quebec Premier Francois Legault, and he mentioned that they're, they don't have retail carbon taxes because they've got a cap-and-trade system. And because they have a cap-and-trade system, their price of carbon is actually lower than it is um, with the floor price. So there, there could be an avenue for litigation there as well. You mm-hmm. can't levy a tax unfairly across jurisdictions. And so okay. I think the federal government should be should be mindful that we're looking at all of these measures because people are really feeling the pinch. And a lot of it is because they've raised the price of everything because right. of the carbon tax policy. I don't want to beat this horse to death. Do you see the likelihood or the potential for a clash with the federal government in the approaches to climate change that uh, Alberta and the federal government will adopt? Well, we aren't going to clash if they acknowledge our areas of jurisdiction and that we have the exclusive right to develop our resources and we have the exclusive right to develop conservation policy around our resources and we have the right to be able to export our products to market. That, that's why we have to be there because I don't feel that the federal government and uh, Environment Minister Stephen Gibbeau in particular has done a particularly good job of conveying that we're here to help our German friends and our UK friends who are looking for long-term LNG agreements. And I asked, uh, I tasked Sonia Savage, our environment minister, with meeting with the German delegation to see if there is some way that we can get um, a long-term agreement. We're, we're working on having a, a trade mission to uh, Germany and Poland in the new year. And we've made some initial great inroads. They are very interested in talking to us about a long-term agreement on LNG and very interested in, as well in talking about carbon technology mm-hmm. and how we might capture CO2 as a way of making sure that we uh, reduce emissions that way. So those are the reasons why we're there. She's um, The minister sent me a briefing note of all of the great meetings that she's had, and including okay. with the other delegations that are there so that we can develop a common approach. But I, I completely agree with um, with. Uh, Premier Scott Moe. This is an area of provincial jurisdiction, and uh, they can uh, we can work collaboratively to make sure that we're achieving national goals, but we have to be able to take the lead on the development of our, of our own resources. Okay. Are you planning on working in tandem with Saskatchewan and Premier Scott Moe um, and his Saskatchewan First Act? Yes? <laughs> 100%. No surprise. The more there. I can work with him, and also with... Um, Manitoba Premier mm-hmm. uh, Heather Stephenson, um, certainly uh, also, I think, uh, uh, Premier Doug Ford. I think that there's a, a lot of common cause among our four provinces uh, or five provinces. And so I, I think we're, we may have an opportunity as well with uh, with British Columbia. There's new leadership there. So I'm going to keep an open mind. We may, They've been very friendly about developing LNG. And I think we can work collaboratively okay. on that. So I, I think we're beginning to see the the, the, the shaping of a, a new approach to, to energy policy led by provinces. And I'm more than happy to work with others who feel the same way. Let me uh, ask you about health care and covid and the flu season, and respiratory illness in children. Tomorrow, the Ontario Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Moore, will stress Ontarians should wear a mask when in an indoor setting. No mandate, just stressing wear a mask for the safety of the children of the province. Could you see yourself endorsing something like that? 
I think if people feel comfortable wearing a mask and want to do it to protect themselves, they should feel free to do that. But I think we also have to respect that there are others who feel differently. So I'm pleased to hear that he's not imposing mandates because we won't be imposing mandates in Alberta either. But there are things that we need to be worried about this this fall season. We've got COVID circulating as well as influenza, as well as RSV. And I, I think if we're going to be offering protection to kids, we've got to make sure that we've got children's Tylenol available. So I've already convened a, a meeting with, with my team here to see if there's some way that we can procure a supply. I think we're awaiting an announcement from the federal government. But this is going to, to be with us for several more months. And, and when I'm hearing mom groups sharing concerns about not being able to access this medicine so that they can bring fevers down, that has me very worried. And we've got to take some lead on that. So I want to make sure that we're doing things that are practical, that are going to work, that are going to, to save lives. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is the, the best effort that we could do right now is making sure that we're procuring enough of that medicine so that kids can be treated. Yeah, Prima, the economy and healthcare, always top of mind, particularly now. So let me ask you about healthcare. Healthcare across Canada is in crisis mode. I've had two CMA presidents share that view, heard it from nurses' unions, and certainly heard it from governments. Surgical backlogs are dangerously lengthy. Diagnostics are dangerously delayed, if they're available at all. What's the prescription for Alberta to extricate itself from this situation and be responsive and efficient in both rural and urban settings? Can you do it? Because it's not just about money. It's about availability of doctors, nurses, paramedics, and healthcare professionals. We're going to be making some decisions very soon. And uh, the, the areas that we have to make sure that we're addressing is that everybody needs to know that when they call an ambulance, it's going to be able to get them to a hospital so they can get treatment. They need to know that when they get to the hospital to receive treatment, that they either get triaged and treated right away or they get admitted right away, that they won't be waiting 20 to 30 hours in an emergency room. Um, awaiting care. And we also need to clear the surgical backlog by making sure we're using all of our facilities. To but how do, you, how do you do We're that? not doing that right now. How, how do you do well, that? What we will do is we're going to be hands-on on it. And I've, I've made it very clear that um, that myself and my health minister need to be involved in, in helping to restructure healthcare. We, we left things to the, to the experts for a long time. In our province, we went further, I think, than any other province in centralizing decision-making. And we allowed for them to tell us all they needed was more money and more time. And they would be able to address capacity issues. They'd be able to address the surge that we have every single year in respiratory virus season, and they failed. And so now we need to bring in a different team of experts and try some new management. That's what you do when you're, when you've got a company and you delegate to managers to deliver on, on performance and they fail, then you have to come in and you, and you have to change the management. So yeah. that's the approach that we're going to take. And we're going to try some things. We're going to talk with the nurses, doctors, paramedics, frontline, so that yeah. they can tell us what they think needs to be done. Okay, I appreciate the, that. I appreciate that, Premier. But yeah. there's a limited amount of time and people are suffering and struggling. We have hundreds of thousands of surgeries in backlog in this country. There's really a limited amount of time. So the plan has to be in place and it has to be executed quickly. You know that. I sure do. And that's why we're going to execute very quickly. So there are have there been um, all kinds of studies and all kinds of reports that have been done year after year. We've studied this enough. We, we had an Auditor General report in 2017 that tell, told us what we needed to do. We've just done a major review. Our health minister went around the province talking to rural communities. We've done a review on EMS. We have the answers. Now it's a matter of executing them. And the, the problem that I've uh, observed is that politicians come up with the answers and then the bureaucracy and the management 
management says, oh, well, let's have a task force and then we'll do a strategic review and then we'll do a pilot project six months from now. That you is, don't like that. Huh? That is way too far in the future. Okay. We are we know what the answers are. We're going to start implementing some <laughs> and of these I, pilot projects. I don't mean right to be now. cynical, but I agree with you. We've seen these reports and they used to gather dust. Now they just are filed somewhere in a folder. Uh, on your on your phone or whatever. Now, last question for you. And again, this is the bigger. So this is a national perspective question. You've talked about the. Uh, you want to work with Premier Scott Moe, who's been very direct and been on this program many times. Talked about what the Saskatchewan objectives are. Yours are in alignment. You've talked about the potential of Manitoba joining in in this. In this this approach, perhaps British Columbia. Are we looking at a Western Canada? Um, group of, I'll leave Ontario for a second, a Western Canadian group of provinces ready to take on a minority federal government now. I think all of us want to do what's in the best interests of our citizens. And um, we know that we now have this liberal NDP coalition that we're probably stuck with for the next three years. But we're not going to be stuck just suffering the pain of bad decision making. We're going to work with our friends and allies to see if we can move forward on some things, on economic corridors, on helping to get First Nations buy-in, on building new infrastructure, including pipelines. So we're going to take the lead on that because I believe under the Constitution, we have the mandate and the power and uh, if that puts us in clash with the federal government, I, I guess we'll we'll be battling it out in court. But we are not going to stop. We know that for our people here and for the world, that Alberta can provide energy security. We can provide food security. We can do it with the very best in environmental record of, of our competitors. And mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate that. And we're going to build those partnerships with or without the federal government. Hopefully, they'll support us. Hopefully, they'll be helpful. Hopefully, they won't be obstructionist. But they, they need to get out of our way because we're going to take the lead on this. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 